Yeah, I mean, you know, with the, some of the other farmers and I, we sort of had this discussion, you know, especially when, when we get notices about farms in Mayaka that, you know, the, you know, they grow one crop, so they're monocrop farm, they grow, you know, tomatoes for restaurants and, and grocery stores, and, and yeah, when the pandemic hit and all that stuff got, got cut off, I mean, that, that was good for the local farms. It brought everybody to the local farms because our distribution system isn't, you know, spread off across the, the state in the United States. We know who we're, we're growing for. I'm George Siegel, and this is the Tell Us How to Make It Better podcast. Every week we introduce you to people who are working on real-world problems and providing actual solutions. Tell Us How to Make It Better is partnering with The Readiness Lab, the home for podcasts, webinars, and training in the field of emergency and disaster services. Hi everybody, thank you so much for joining me on this week's Tell Us How to Make It Better podcast. When I originally recorded today's episode, it was going to be the kickoff episode for our second season, but then Hurricane Ian hit and it changed a lot of the things that I thought were important to talk about. So for a couple of weeks, I had some guests on that were experts on hurricanes, disasters, rebuilding, all the stuff that I thought uh, we should be talking about at the time. But now I want to talk about today's episode. And, and it, it's pretty interesting because you have to say to yourself, do you eat organic? Do you eat locally grown? Well, I found a place right here in Tampa that has both of those things going for them. I hope you like it. My guest today is Chris Kenrick. He's co-director of Sweetwater Organic Community Farm, along with his wife, Joni Spencer, who is the co-director and head farmer. Hey, Chris, thanks for having us out here Thank today. You. Thank Appreciate you. your time. So you have an organic farm. What made you want to have an organic farm? It seems like kind of an unusual thing to have. Well, this isn't my organic farm. This is your organic farm. You know, we're 100% volunteer run. Uh, next year, Sweetwater celebrates 30 years. Uh, we're the oldest community-supported agricultural farm in the state of Florida. It was founded by Rick Martinez, uh, who since retired and kind of splits his time between France and, and Florida. But you know, this is a community organization. You know, we're all volunteers. We've every Sunday is our volunteer day. We do everything by hand. Um, so I'm the director of Sweetwater Organic Community Farm, and then my wife is she's really in charge. She's the the head farmer. Uh, and runs everything uh, on the farm, and she really runs the farm. So uh, if you want to come and see how we grow and, and learn from, from my wife, uh, who's a good farmer, but you know this area, we have a, a lot of other good farmers as well with John Butts at Eco Farm and Travis at Trail Bale, and you know, there's a bunch of other, Jim Kovaleski. Uh, there's some good farmers around here. Is farming something that's in your blood? I mean, you just, I, like, uh, I wouldn't end up as a farmer. I yeah, no, I, I never thought I was would be farming. It was never in, in my plan. I mean, I'm from Wisconsin. I grew up around farms. I was in FFA, uh, but I went to college for business and real estate and entrepreneurship, and we live in downtown St. Petersburg. But, uh, you know, when we sort of were, were notified that they were going to sell the farm, uh, which was in 2019, that's when we realized like we're, we're losing farmland uh, at a pretty high rate. And we want to make sure, you know, this was pre-pandemic and now it's sort of, we've validated everything that, that we sort of were, uh, were thinking, but you know, we wanted to be closer to our food source. And, and we live in a very urban area, um, not like rural Wisconsin or anything like that. And, but our food travels a really long distance to get to us. And we wanted to sort of, shorten that uh, that distance. We were members uh, of Little Ponds 
CSA uh, program or membership program at the Saturday morning market and uh, Rick approached us and told us they were going to sell the farm and we figured we'd we'd step up to kind of lead the charge so my wife and I kind of reached out to everybody that we knew and we raised like a hundred thousand dollars in four days to save the farm and uh, that's when we really got into farming I mean my wife was involved in community gardens uh, in St. Pete but yeah this is a whole new level and that's and that's really what I kind of saw missing from the community garden was sort of the economic value I mean you you came to a dinner on the farm you know that was a fundraiser for the farm and that was so awesome that's, by the way that was really impressive yeah and so this year we're gonna be doing a lot more farm-to-table dinners I mean we've got the planters ball coming up in December and uh, outstanding in the field we'll be back again on the farm in January and then we'll do a, a farm breakfast brunch in February and then of course our pesto festo uh, is always a popular hit and that'll be uh, April 15th. Now when I moved to Tampa I, I think it was like six years ago I think of beaches I think of they have a lot of breweries here we mm -hmm. have good sports teams I don't think of farming what's the ground like here for farming? Uh, well the, the the soil where we are is very sandy um, and so we add a lot of organic material to it of course you know, with the farm being volunteer run, we're always trying to cut our costs as much as we can. So we have a great relationship with the Tampa Zoo or the Zoo, Zoo Tampa Lowry Park. We get three dump truck loads every week of manure from the zoo. They make plenty. They make plenty. They so all, only from the plant eaters. So we don't get any uh, manure from the, from the meat eaters. It's all the herbivores. So uh, trying to create partnerships and relationships with other businesses that you know, it's a waste for them, but it's a resource for us. So that's one of them. These are farmers right here. Um, so we get three dump truck loads every week from the Tampa Zoo. And then you'll, as you like walk around the farm, you'll see piles and piles of mulch. Those are from our tree company uh, partners as well, because they have to pay to get rid of that, mo that mulch. And they can bring it to you. And they can bring it to us for free. We only take the oak mulch. But uh, yeah, so, you know, trying to get free resources to build our soil. So oak mulch, the manure, and then uh, we use like fish emulsion and seaweed and other free resources as well. Now the theme of my podcast is about recognizing problems uh -huh. and then doing something to make them better. So what would you see as the problem? I find a lot of people just don't get on board with organic, which is amazing to me because they absolutely should be doing that. But what would you recognize as the problem and what are you saying you're doing to make it better? Well, I think in, in our in our urban environment probably the problem is that we don't have a relationship with a local farmer you know you don't know where your food's coming from you don't know who's growing your food we're completely disconnected from from the system um, and so we're trying to both promote our farm and, and show people how we grow but also creating opportunities and relationships with other farmers and, and creating, you know, it's, farmers are not marketers, you know, they, they spend most of their time in the field, they're not, you know, spending their time in the office thinking about their marketing plan and their distribution and uh, I mean some of them are but you know we're trying to also be a resource to other farmers as well so they can focus on what they enjoy doing and, and is farming and really bringing value back to the farming profession you know we've devalued farming so much and the profession of farming that uh, nobody wants to be a farmer and so we're trying to bring that value back. 
Now, how would people think of it differently? Okay, sometimes I go to these uh, food fairs on a Saturday or a Sunday, and it says locally grown, and then it says organically grown. Mm -hmm. Is there? A, is, should I be concerned about the difference between the two? I mean, if it's locally grown, uh, that means you're going to have a direct relationship with with the farmer. I mean, just because maybe they're not certified. Uh, I would say that that's probably okay because you know exactly who you're buying it from and you can ask them, okay, well, you know, what do you put on your, your plants? What do you put on? And they're not going to be like, oh, I put, you know, glyphosate all over everything. I mean, they're going to be much more conscious about what they're putting on their field because they're dealing directly with, with the consumer. So if it's locally grown, I would be less concerned that it's organically certified um, because they're, you know, they're feeding their neighbors and their family and their friends. So they're going to, you know, they're going to be much more uh, conscious about you know, what they're putting into the land. Um, so sometimes, you know, if I had a choice between locally grown and organic from Mexico, I would take a locally grown. All day. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're, so we're sort of reclaiming the, the farm from summertime, which, you know, typically is we grow a lot of sweet potatoes. The sweet potatoes we plant, so that way it kind of cover crops. It, it suppresses all the, all the weeds. And then, uh, you know, hopefully we get a, a bountiful uh, sweet potato crop as well. But so there, you know, this, we just planted our tomatoes, I think on, let's see, today's Wednesday. So they did this on Friday and, and Sunday. Um, a lot of mulch that we use and a lot of compost from the zoo. So this is sort of uh, two beds that have been reclaimed from summer. And now we've got our first uh, season of tomatoes in there and then, now it doesn't look like a lot, so it seems like that would be gone in a one Sunday. It's like how how do you make this stuff? How do you stretch it out? That what do you mean? Like, like, like we can see how many tomatoes would come from this row. Well, the, I mean the tomato plants get really large. I mean when you come back in in a couple of months, this will be a, a lot of tomatoes. Um, you know our shares, uh, we have about two hundred families that we. Uh, serve on a weekly basis so that's you know we're not going to grow enough food for everybody in Tampa Bay but you know we can get somewhere between uh, you know north of 200 families is kind of our our goal but um, and we've got three other fields as well so we'll do tomatoes here last year we had tomatoes over there so we sort of you know we have to get into not planting the same thing uh, so that way we can kind of remineralize the soil and and uh, yeah grow things in different areas and we're, farming in Florida is always a, an experimentation as well. Yeah, it seems like things grow here really well when they're, I mean, just with the weather we have. Yeah, but, you know, Florida weather is also unpredictable, too. I mean, we could, it could, it could flood if it rains for a week straight, too, so. Um, it does every day in South Tampa that it rains, there's flooding. Yeah, so yeah, so we also are building, you know, our, if you look where we're standing and then you look at where the fields are, the fields are much higher than the walkways, but that's because we're constantly adding uh, organic matter and sort of building up the beds. But these are all, this one hasn't been reclaimed yet from the summer, so that's all sweet potatoes out there. And we have sweet potato patches here, you know, bananas there. Um, and then the periphery, you know, we've got hibiscus and loquats and, and uh, other things on the periphery. Um, you know, there's our mulch piles over there, so the tree companies just come and, and mulch, and then we have our, our, our wheelbarrow armies on, on Sunday that uh, come and move everything. We don't have a tractor on the farm. It's on our, our wish list, but I also don't mind that we don't have a tractor. One, because we don't have to worry about maintenance and gas and repairing it, and we just got to move it by wheelbarrow. So we need more people, people power.
Uh, we've got a couple playgrounds on the farm, so we're trying to make uh, build the infrastructure for families and inter intermixed with uh, peach trees and papaya trees and banana trees and mango trees, avocado trees. And we're always planting new trees. What we did, we just plant. We just planted a pomegranate, so we're constantly planting more more fruit trees. Uh, our star fruit trees in in season right now, so if you like star fruit, we can we can. Try. I don't even know what star fruit is. Oh man! All right, well we're gonna, I guess we're gonna have to try star fruit. We'll find you a nice, you know, the brighter the better. Um, let me find this star fruit. I mean, it looks like a star when you cut it. All right, freshly. Actually harvested. All right, so here you go. You can try a star fruit. Mm. You've never had a star fruit? I've never had a star fruit. Oh, man. What do you, how do you consume it? What do you do? Just, you just like this. Wait a second. Mm. You just bite into it? I just bite into it. Okay, this will be my first taste of a star fruit. Do you see, are these in the supermarket? Uh, sometimes, yeah, but uh, I think the people who are interested, they'd probably be growing it themselves. They're more a local source. I mean, I don't know where they'd be coming from if they're in the grocery store, but... Um, um, I don't know. I don't know how popular they are in the grocery store, but... And not to sound like a total city boy, but <clears throat> you don't have to wash it when you're on an organic farm, right? You don't, you know. When did it, when did it rain last? I mean, it should be good to go, so... And the fact that I'm gushing juice all over the place. Yeah, you're staying hydrated, you know. We always, you know, if you die on the farm, I gotta bury you on the farm, you know, because... Yeah, you saw get me it, out of here. You saw it on the, on the sign when you come in. So, what, I, I get your emails regularly about what goes on here on Sundays. Mm -hmm. Tell people what... what what, what happens and why they want to come out? Yeah, I mean, well, so Sunday's like our big day. It's the day that we're open to the public. Uh, every Sunday is a volunteer day, 9 a.m. to 12. You can come see how we grow, uh, be involved in the growing process. We have yoga on the porch from 10.30 to 11.30. Um, our farmer's market, which is here on the farm, that's a seasonal that goes from this year, it's October 30th, so Halloween to Mother's Day, uh, like May 14th. But we do have the cafe open every Sunday as well, 12 to 3, where we have produce both from our farm and other farms. So we always have produce available on Sunday. Um, and then we have a lot of classes and workshops that are going on on the farm. You can check out our website, check, sign up for the newsletter like you, so you, that way you can stay up to date. Maybe you want to teach a class or a workshop on the farm. Uh, and then we, you know, on our market season, our farmer's market, we have live music. The stage is, is pretty close, so 12 to 2. That's kind of in partnership with uh, a couple of DJs from WMNF, and that's also open mic two to three, so you can come out and you know share your gifts and talents. And uh, but yeah, we've got a lot of pizza classes. We built a brand new pizza oven on the farm. We do have a couple of Airbnbs on the farm. We're building an eco campground on the farm, so next year more people can come. You can bring your own camper, motorhome, RV, VW bus, or we hope to partner with other builders and architects and designers and build like a little mini lamp ground with maybe five structures so that way when the kids come on field trips because during the week we do a lot of field trips Wednesday and Friday a lot of school groups I was gonna come. ask you about that because that seemed to be something that's important to you to educate young people about this yeah I mean we you know you could, I couldn't tell you how many kids that, that come on the farm and don't know where different things come from you know that carrots come from the ground or that tomatoes come from a vine you know they, they a lot of them think that it comes from a can because they just don't have any connection or relationship and that's really our our mission is to get the the kids 
on the farm and show them, you know, create a connection to the land and all the different things that, that we can grow because then they come back when they're older sometimes to volunteer, you know, get your bright future hours. And uh, like I said, we need more farmers. So the sooner we can get them. And then I asked them after the field trip, you know, after we tour the farm, like who wants to be a farmer? And, uh, you know, you get some of the kids to raise their hand. And I don't think they're really getting that exposure or experience anywhere else. And that's kind of our mission is to instill the, the livelihood, the lifestyle and the value in farming as both uh, a consumer, but also as a possible career opportunity. Now, when we've had problems with people talk about the supply chain and how there's things that are missing in grocery stores, does that trickle down to local? You guys are probably still growing the same stuff and still have the same things available. Yeah, I mean, with, you know, with the, some of the other farmers and I, we sort of had this discussion, you know, especially when, when we get notices about farms in Mayaka that, you know, the, you know, they grow one crop, so they're monocrop farm. They grow, you know, tomatoes for restaurants and, and grocery stores. And, and yeah, when the pandemic hit and all that stuff got got cut off, I mean, that that was good for the local farms. It brought everybody to the local farms because our distribution system isn't, you know, spread off across the, the state in the United States. We know who we're, we're growing for. I mean, for us in particular, we're a, a CSA farm, so people buy a membership in the farm and then on a weekly basis they get a share. I mean that's who we're growing for uh, and then we have our market where we sell things for uh, that's open to the public but also people that have SNAP and EBT benefits. I mean you can come and double your dollars here on the farm. So if you spend forty dollars of your SNAP and EBT money we give you another forty dollars on, on top of that so it's sort of it, it cuts into the cost you know of, oh organic food is or food from the farm is more expensive. Well if you have SNAP and EBT, we, we actually help double your dollars. Mm -hmm. So, and then, but the pandemic was good for the pandemic was good in general for for most local farms. What are the things you grow? So, what, if I come out here to buy some stuff on a Sunday, what am I looking at? Well, it depends on the season because right. uh, it depends on the, the day and the and the month. I mean, today we're harvesting. Uh, Eric, what are you harvesting today? Sweet potatoes. Harvesting? Yeah. Forming beds, but you know, like this past Sunday, you know, we're harvesting sweet potatoes. That's kind of our summer crop. Uh, star fruit, our star fruit tree is is lush right now. Uh, basil, eggplant, and then we're planting. So right now we're we're planting kind of our fall crops: uh, kale, collards. I mean, like 40 different vegetables. And then of course around the perimeter, we're doing our perennial food production. So I can see Barbados cherries and loquats and a lot of bananas and papayas. Um, so that way it's, we've, we've always got food kind of growing on the farm. You, you know, we've got our bees around the corner, so they're our best volunteers. They show up every day uh, and uh, we get our honey. We get our chickens over here, so we have eggs, eggs from the farm. Now you're really tucked away in a place where when, I, when you're driving by, you wouldn't expect to find a farm back here. You would not, no. I mean, we, we're in an area called Town and Country and I say that we are the last country left in Town and Country. I mean, it used to be all farmland, but you know, there's so much development pressure uh, that everything is, you know, so many people moving here already, but just everything's for sale and everything's being developed. And, and we need to make sure that we have local food production and local farms. And, you know, that's why part of our mission is helping to preserve not just this farm, putting it into a land trust or some sort of uh, yeah, community land trust, but also, 
you know, what's going to happen to farmer John, you know, John Butts with, you know, his 60 acres when he retires? What's the, the succession plan for that one? And creating sort of a, a community, you know, Tampa Bay Community Land Trust or Farmers uh, Land Trust. So that way we can preserve the land that's valuable for farming, especially that's been uh, farming organically for 30, 40 years. I mean, that, that's really priceless. And that's kind of the way that we looked at this farm when we when we save it. We don't have a way to sort of value even good soil. You know, it's, it's like, what's the best use for this land? You know, how many apartment units can I, can I get on this land? And is that really the best use? And who's, who's looking at it from a value perspective of the soil? And I mean, most, most appraisers are not doing that. I mean, I was in, I'm in real estate and I can, nobody's had, having that kind of conversation, mm -hmm. especially really in Tampa Bay. Now you seem to have a real entrepreneurial yeah. spirit. What advice do you have for other people who maybe think they want to do something, but they just are sitting around going, ah, I can't do it. What would you tell people to encourage them? Well, my wife would always say uh, slow and small solutions. Uh, my dad would say moderation. My, my parents own businesses in St. Petersburg. Um, so I've sort of come from a family of, of entrepreneurs. But you, you, know, you have to take action. You have, you know, putting together some sort of a plan, a business plan. Um, getting involved, you know, finding, you know, it's Warren Buffett would say, you know, find what you're passionate about and sort of develop that into a business. Um, but, you know, what is it you like to do? And, you know, for me, it's travel and you know, being connected. I like to go travel and visit other farms now, but, uh, you know, I giving a slow and small solutions, moderation, taking action and, uh, you know, f finding your finding your passion. How do people starting a podcast? There you go, because <laughs> nobody's doing that. I mean, yeah. there's like five million of them. So uh, yeah, well, hopefully you're passionate about it. So that you're, you know, that's you're bringing your energy to, to, to your to your uh, to your passion. I love it. Not making any money with it, but I love it. That's and that means a lot when you're doing something. If you don't enjoy it, I always tell people, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, you're in trouble right from the beginning. Well, I mean, this. I mean, we're not doing this to make money. We're doing this to grow food. We're working for food. We're like you know holding those signs like we'll work for food, but it's you know local organic free range, uh, it's all done by volunteers. I mean, today we've got three or four people working on the farm. It's not a volunteer day, but we've got three or four people living on the farm, caretaking the farm, and that's gonna expand with the campground. So just creating a place where people can share their gifts and talents. You know, I've, I don't do a podcast. I probably Maybe need you it. should. Uh, no, I'll just let you do that. I'll support your, your podcast. No, I appreciate that. Uh, but uh, you know, this is a way that you can contribute and support the farm, and that's kind of what I always say as well for this farm, is you know, how can the farm serve you, and then how you know how can you serve the farm? Because you don't even have to come to the farm to support the farm. There's a lot of ways that uh, that people support the farm and the community supports the farm without even coming here. I mean, we can never grow enough food for for everybody, uh, but so find your local farmer wherever you are and connect with your your. Uh, especially the organizations that are focused on preserving farmland or uh, you know, stewarding the land because we really need to think about our future and future generations and you know, creating access. You know, where are new farmers? If I want to be a farmer, where can I go you know, learn how to farm? We need more places like that. So. Now, it'll be in the show notes, but if people want to follow you on social media or, mm -hmm. or get in touch with you, what's the best way for people to follow you? Uh, we'll come to the farm on Sunday. That would be the, the best way. You can come volunteer, you know, participate in one of the classes, workshops, uh, go to the website and sign up for the newsletter. That way you stay up to date on the farm to table dinners or you know, anything else that um, might be of interest to you. 
Um, but we're on, you know, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, other, other volunteers kind of manage those, those sites. But if there's also a way that you want to get involved uh, in the farm, you can send the farm an email and they'll sort of direct you. And we're looking for field trip guides. So, um, you know, if you're a retired teacher or if you want to be a, a new teacher, a future teacher, you could come and uh, volunteer on Wednesday and Sunday and help with our field trips. If you're a teacher out there and you are in a classroom and you're in Tampa Bay, we can get you on the farm. Um, but uh, let us know how, uh, how we can serve you, we as the farm, and uh, let us know how you want to serve the farm. All right. Hey, Chris, thanks for having me, having no me out. No problem. Thank you. It. Yeah, thank you for, for uh, spreading the message, and uh, uh, we'll keep growing together. Thank you so much for joining me on this week's podcast. If you want to get more information about the farm, it is in the show notes. And there's also a contact form there if you have any ideas for future episodes or just comments about anything you've seen in this episode or season one, please feel free to share them with me and I also value you sharing the podcast. If you enjoyed listening, please become a subscriber and share the link with people you know, even people you don't know. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.